Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Before our prayer, can we just come together and sing the pre-chorus real quick? Purify my heart's desire, leading up to the chorus, just our voices. Let us just worship Him in spirit and in truth. Purify my heart's desires. I long to be your servant. Purify my heart's desire. Purify my heart's desire. I long to be your servant. Give me, give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. thank you once again for the opportunity to come before you and to worship together in the house of the Lord. Lord, life comes down to these very moments. Lord, in the busyness of the week and in the mundane of the week and in the repetition of the holidays and in the seasons, Lord, we turn to you with humility and we ask God that we worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, purify our hearts today. May our hearts be innocent as that to be a childlike, a child before you, Lord, not to be childish and foolish in our pride, but humble us here today and speak to us. Speak to us, Lord, for we are listening and for we desire to do the work that you have called us to do. And that is the most important thing to fulfill and to do in this life is to be your instrument, to be your mouthpiece, to be your hands and your feet. And Lord, as you transition now to the message, Lord, I pray, may the words of my mouth and may the meditation of all the hearts for those who are here listening may be pleasing, Lord, in your sight, O God. And Lord, we don't hope in our shame, we don't remain in our guilt, but Lord, we hope in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we choose today to honor you and to worship you in spirit and in truth. I always want to thank you for this time of worship. Thank you for using the praise team to bring us on a journey of worship, to worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray, Lord, that you continue to bless them and strengthen them. Lord, may this service be pleasing in your sight as we continue on with the message. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We thank you. We love you. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And all of God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. 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 God bless you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's all take our seat and let's just take a moment to greet our fellow neighbor before we begin.
I've been praying uh, for today's service, not just for today, but here on forward, that our service will be that of what it used to be, uh, going back to the simplicity of worship, going back to the basics, and just humbling ourselves and allowing the Lord to use us in such a powerful manner. The only way that God can use us in a powerful manner is when we come to Him with humility, not with pride, not with arrogance, but just as we are, understanding that we are finite beings, that one day we will take our final breath, and that we come to Him with gratitude. Amen? So with humility, let us turn to the Lord. We've been on James 1. We've been on the series of Real Faith, Part 7. And last week, we went over verse 19 to 21. And we talked about anger not. And today, we're going to talk about listening and doing. The original title I had was Just Do It, but because of um, copyright infringement, I just wanted to kind of avoid that, I don't know, just in case. But uh, listen and do. And then next week, we're going to finish up this section of Real Faith where we're talking about what is true Christianity, what it means to be a true Christian, true religion, the pure religion that God calls us to be uh, as a church. So let's focus today on James 1, verse 22 to 25. It says in verse 22, it begins with this, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. Amen and amen. So let me begin with this. The problem, the problem is number one, you are not listening. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, listen? For God is speaking to you right now as we're in our seat. God has been speaking to you, and God is speaking to you at this very moment. God is speaking to us through what? Through the Word, through His Word, through the Word of God. So the question is, are we listening? Are you listening to His voice, to His instructions? An article I read on our lack of awareness is about a young man who applied for a job to be a Morse code operator. So back when the telegraph code was the fastest method of long-distance communication, he saw an ad, answered an ad in the paper, and went in for the interview. And as he prepared himself with understanding the different codes, I guess it's the back in the day of the codes that we do on our computers, already and said, this job will be mine. Right? He was determined. He was dressed his best with good attitude. He arrived at the place early before anyone else. And then eventually others would come in, and they waited around for about 30 minutes to 40 minutes. They all looked at each other wondering, 
how come no one is coming to get us? Eventually, the manager came out and said, all right, that's it, folks. Please go home now. And people are wondering why. He said, we've been Morse coding you for 20 minutes for anyone to come in. And no one came in. And as Christians, we think that we are listening to his voice. But a lot of times as Christians, we are not at all. Instead, we are listening to every other noise, the noises around us, all the other shouts of people, all the other whispers of this world. We listen to the shouts of the enemy, the whispers of the enemy, but we need to listen to his voice, for God is speaking to you today. The context, the scripture that I want to use for this point is about a man, a boy, in this case, a boy named Samuel. This is before Samuel becomes the prophet Samuel. Samuel is the one who anointed David as King David. So Samuel in this story, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 10, it says, the Lord calls Samuel. It's this origin, origin story of how he began. So it says, the boy Samuel, in verse 1, ministered before the Lord under Eli. Eli was a high priest. He was the man at that time. But God was not pleased with this high priest. God desired to use a humble man, a humble boy named Samuel to be his minister, to be his prophet. So the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And it says, in those days, the war of the Lord was rare. What does that mean? Rare. Not much, but very small. There were not a lot of people who were hearing the voice of God. Why was that the case? Was it because God was not speaking? No, God was speaking. It's not that God was not speaking when it says it was rare. It's because nobody at that time desired nor wanted to listen to God's voice. As human beings, if we do not have the desire to hear His voice or listen to God's voice, it will be as if God is absent in our lives. And it was for this reason it says God's word was rare. People at that time, they did not take heed in listening to God's voice. Even the high priest and his warnings. They were intentional in ignoring God's voice. And if you're intentional in ignoring God's voice, then that phrase is true in our lives. In my life, the word of the Lord is rare. You can apply that to your own life as well. If you do not have the desire to hear his voice, the word of the Lord will be rare in your life. But let us not be that fool that ignores God's voice because he is speaking to us right now at this very moment. And continuing on, there were not many visions. So the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. One night, verse 2, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see because he was in his old age. His time was coming to an end. Was lying down in his usual place. Verse 3, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Remember, the ark of God is the most holy treasure at that time. It represents the presence of God. So he slept under the presence of God. Verse 4, Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. 
But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You call me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli, at the third try, Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if God calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Can we all repeat that phrase? Can we all say all together? Ready? One, two, three. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel says, speak, for your servant is listening. Hearing and listening to the voice of God is not so much a matter is if he's speaking, if he's talking, but rather, am I listening? It comes down to, are you listening? Are you listening? Some of you may say, I will listen if God would just speak louder to me. But rather than that, instead our approach, with, we need to approach God with the mindset, I will listen, Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Again, how? Through the word of God, through his word, through the word of God. We are able to hear and listen to his voice. So closing this section of point one, God can speak to anyone. Amen? He is always speaking. He could speak to a person in the desert like Moses. He could speak to a person with evil intent like Paul, the apostle Paul, who became the greatest missionary. At one point, his desire was to what? Put Christians in prison and to kill prison. To, to kill Christians, to put Christians in prison. A person with brokenness, those who are sick in their deathbed, or in a hospice, women and children, men who are broken. God is speaking to us, but it's up to us to listen. It is our free will. God gives us the free will to choose him. The question is, will we listen? God's presence is here speaking to us. Again, the question, are we listening? His very presence is accessible and tangible. It is available here today. His voice is available today. How? The answer is the word of God. Letter A, the word of God is your answer. B, the word of God is your path. See, the word of God is your life. D, the word of God is your guide. E, the word of God is your hope. And all of this comes under the umbrella of the light of Christ. All these have to be under the light of Jesus Christ. When the light of Christ shines, the answer comes. The light of Christ shines the path to our dark path that we're in. The light of Christ shines our life, brings us joy. 
The light of Christ is our guide. The word of God is our guide. It's a navigation to the path that we need to take. The word of God is our hope. As the light shines in the midst of our darkness, we're able to see the glimpse of hope, the hope that is in store for us here today. So again, the question, are we listening or hearing? Some of you want to hear, but that's not enough. Let me share the difference between hearing and listening. Hearing is the act of recognizing noise in your ear. Listening requires focus. Listening requires concentration, a will to listen, an act that we choose to consciously do. We choose to listen. It requires effort. But a lot of us, we're just hearing the noise. But we need to listen to his voice as Samuel listened to the voice of God. So a lot of you may say, God is the problem. He's not speaking to me. The word of God is rare in my life. No, that's not true. The word of God is alive and is speaking to you right now. The question is, are you listening? The problem is that we're filled with so much junk that we cannot listen. We have earplugs on. And we are listening to all the other noises. We cannot differentiate between if it's from God or it's from the world. Hebrews 10, 19 to 20, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter. In other translation, it says, Confidence, heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the current into the most holy place. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 14, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So if Hebrews 10 and Jeremiah 29, what I just read, if it, if it declares that if we can boldly enter, if we are able to boldly enter his presence and we know that he has a plan for us, then why are we not hearing his voice? Why are we not listening to his voice? What are we afraid of? Why are we so afraid? But as James reminds us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Listen to his voice. Amen? Listen to the word of God is speaking to us this very morning. Point number two, the problem is that you are not doing. You are not doing. Doing what? You ask you are not doing his work. A lot of us, we get from a place of hearing to listening. Okay, that's good. You're almost there. But we don't complete it by doing. We just listen. We know what we think we need to do. And we put a period there and it's finished. But we need to get to the next place of doing the work of God. When we listen, 
we do. We don't rebel. We don't go against. We follow him with obedience. So as people, when all we are doing is listening and we are being fed with the word of God, we read the Bible, we feed ourselves with all the good things, we think that's enough, but yet we don't have a release. We are not doing then what becomes of this Christian individual? You become, letter A, spiritually obese. You become spiritually obese. Just as physically, when we become obese, we get sick. It affects our health. So spiritually, we will be destroyed. B, spiritually lazy. C, spiritually blind. Letter D, spiritually arrogant. And letter E, spiritually proud. Especially those who are in the West, those who live in a first world country, we have to make sure that we put ourselves in a position where we understand the world as a whole. That is why it's important for me. I have made it a principle of mine that no matter what, I am always going to be involved with missions, with nursing home, whatever it is that puts me in a place where I go on my knees, it is absolutely necessary for my faith. If not, my faith will become spiritually obese, spiritually lazy. I'll become spiritually blind. I'll become spiritually arrogant because I think I know it all, and I'll become proud. And all this is stemming from spiritual pride. Therefore, James 1 is reminding us you need to turn around quick. If you find yourself in a place where all you're doing is listening and not doing, you need to change the lane that you're in quickly before the head-on collision. You're on a one-way street going the opposite direction, and eventually you will be destroyed. And letter F, and you do. G, you become. And H, you are. What do I mean by that? I'm trying to say, be a doer. Be a doer. Not just someone who just does, who do and does. But be a doer. Because if you are a doer, you are a beer. That's who you are. You become that. You do what you are. You become what you do. Vice versa. And the ordering here is not important. It could be mixed. But they complement each other because it is one state of this heart that leads to the next. If you're in a place where your heart is turning hard, then you do. Because when you do, you become. You put yourself in a position. You surround yourself in a community that serves God with a pure heart. But if you surround yourselves with people who are focused on the world, then that will be your focus. If you surround yourself with people who constantly talk about their success in their jobs, in their careers, they walk with pride. I have made it. I have accomplished all these things. Then you too will become that individual. Like minds attract like minds. Like character attracts like characters. But as Christians, we need to surround ourselves we need to put ourselves in a church, in a community that has one focus, which is what? Who does the work of God. 
If not, you'll become spiritually obese, spiritually lazy, spiritually blind, arrogant, and proud. And as Christians, God calls us to go from glory to glory, strength to strength. Amen? Not from shame to shame, but from glory to glory, strength to strength. Second Corinthians 3, it says, but the increasing glory, we're being transformed. Increasing glory. Psalm 84 says, strength to strength. We go from strength to strength, never from shame to shame. Romans 5, verse 1 through 11, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, in which we now stand and boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, character hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when you were still powerless, Brother Enrico, when I was still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for the righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it goes on. Paul is giving us a powerful letter to us that you have been justified by his blood in verse 9. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his, his life? Not only is it so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received. You have received it. It's a gift. Receive reconciliation. So we go from perseverance to perseverance, character to character, hope to hope. But the devil wants to bring you from hope to hopelessness, from character to compromise, from persevering to giving up. But God is calling you right now. I know life is hard. Life is difficult. I know at times we just don't have the strength and we want to give up. But it's calling us to continue to do the work that he has called you to do. Persevere. Persevere and do what you did at first. Do the work that is calling you to do. If not, you will spiritually die. There will be no hope for you at the end. You have to do the work that God has called you to do. What has God called you to do in your life? What is God calling you to do? in your life right now that you are not doing. God is calling you to act, to do the work, the gift that you have received with the reconciliation of hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The problem is you are not listening. The problem is that you are not doing. And the point three, and I'm ending with this, You've been lied to, and you think that there is a middle ground. And I say this message, and I'm saying this point as if this is my last message, as if today will be my last day on earth. You are very mistaken, my friends, if you think that there is a middle ground in the Christian faith. 
you're mistaken. And there will be a rude awakening at the end when we face God face to face. The Bible is very clear, and I cannot be clear enough, that in the Christian faith, there is no middle ground. You will either love Christ, or you will hate Christ. That's it. You will love Him, or you will hate Him. For those who are in the middle, where I think He's a good person, I think He's a good teacher, that's even worse, it says. It says, you are lukewarm, and He will spit you out of His mouth. That's worse. He'd rather have you in a position where you hate Him. Because if you hate Him, at least there is hope for you. He can reach you. But if there's lukewarmness, there is no hope for you. You've gone to a point where you are so comfortable that He, as the book of Revelation says, that He has no choice but to spit you out of His mouth for you are no longer a usage for His kingdom. So I pray today that today we'll choose one path. You will either mock Christ in his death or you will be yoked with him in his death and his resurrection. And if you mock Christ in his death, then that's where you will be. That, that's where you will be and that's where you will belong. In death, in the grave, in hell. No hope. No restoration. But when you die with Christ and you're yoked with him. Jesus did not remain in the crucifix. He did not remain in the grave. As he has resurrected, we too will be resurrected. The eternal home that we have in heaven with God. And using the two prisoners as our example, in the book of Luke, verse 32 and 43, in the chapter of 23, it says in verse 32, it says, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified Jesus there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Friends, this is a picture of us. We're all criminals. The question is, which criminal are you? It comes down to this. Life comes down to this very decision. Where you place yourself, where you position yourself, are you on the right side or on the left side? Which prisoner are you going to be? Verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The grace of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus is bestowed on every single human being fairly. It's given to us fairly. It is not favor more to this person. We are all on an even ground. It doesn't matter how tall or skinny. It doesn't matter. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself. If he is God's Messiah, the chosen one, they're mocking him. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine, vinegar, and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. But they're not, obviously, they're obviously not saying in faith, they're mocking him. It's like they're teasing, yeah, save yourself, you fool. What do you think you're doing? 
Yeah, you're going to die now. This is what you deserve. There was a written notice above him, which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. Then he turned to Jesus and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Amen. Amen. And here's what God looks for. And please pay attention. This is my heart to you. And this is very important. And a lot of pastors will not say this because they just want to give you what's easy. And they just want ministry to be easy. But this is what God wants from you right now. This is what God is speaking to you. God is speaking to me. God is speaking to us. Letter A, he is looking for a willing heart. Oh, boy, having a willing heart is so precious. You guys don't understand. You cannot force someone or teach someone this. It comes from the touch of the Holy Spirit, a willing heart. A willing heart is so precious, is priceless. Someone who is willing to do the work and to serve God and to serve his people, that is a priceless thing. Let it be a wanting heart. A heart that wants to do it, desires to do his work, and who does his work. Let us see a pure heart. A pure heart is what? Sometimes, a lot of times, we do things, we have our hand out. We say, okay, what am I going to receive? Pay me. Pay me, pay me. How much are you going to pay me? What are you going to do for me in return? But a pure heart is, we serve. We wash the feet with nothing, expecting nothing in return. You do it because of love. Because he saved me. That while I was still a sinner, he saved me. Therefore, I'm going to serve you. That is a definition of a pure heart with nothing, with no expectation of having something in return. A pure heart. And D is the most important, an obedient heart. An obedient heart. Not someone who just does, does, does. I know in the other point I said someone who is a doer. But again, you are a beer. It's who you are. When you are obedient, when you have an obedient heart, you do and you be, you become that individual. And when you are that individual, you do out of the overflow of your heart, out of the overflow of your character. God says he desires not the sacrifices, but he desires a an obedient heart. And that's the message that God gave to Samuel, prophet, as I mentioned earlier, when he, he was a boy, when he becomes old, there becomes who? The king Saul, right? Who, rejected, who was rejected by God, who rebelled against God. Is that God desires 
not your sacrifices, not your do's and your don'ts, your lists, your checklists, but he desires what? An obedient heart. And therefore, what happened with Saul? He was rejected. And then another man, a boy named David, came into the picture who was chosen to be the king of the nation of Israel. A willing heart, a wanting heart, a pure heart, an obedient heart. An obedient individual is not something that can be taught. A willing heart is a priceless, precious gift, and this must not be taken for granted. If today, right now, you have a willing heart, protect it, protect it, cherish it. And when someone is willing, right, when someone comes and they give, uh, after nursing home, I know they give us some cash for, for lunch. I know Arlene just go, ooh, she like, <laughs> she pockets it. And then I ask, oh, did she, no, I didn't receive anything. <laughs> she has a thing going with Ronnie. They take half and half, 50-50. But when someone is willing, in the past, I'll be like, oh, no, it's okay, it's okay. But I still do, you know, out of respect, but I'm not trying to be fake with it, but I really mean it, it's okay, but I also encourage it. I, I receive it because when I reject it, I am putting myself in a position where I'm robbing myself and I'm also robbing them of their service before God. A willing heart to give, a willing heart to serve is such a precious thing. And we should not reject them. We should receive them with gratitude. Amen. And amen. And with that, I want to invite the priest to come up. You know, I was really blessed with the praise team, uh, with the songs, and just in their worship before God. Uh, please always be aware that in the background that there, is, there are always trials and oppositions and testings that are going on. Uh, let's just continue praying for Enrico and for Arlene. Uh, I know that Enrico, uh, we will share in the future, but this is what it's all about. You know, we come before God, with confidence, boldly, and we worship him. A willing heart to serve him, a willing heart to lift up our voices, lift up our hands, and worship him in the midst of all the opposition and all the storms and all the trials. God is pleased when we turn to him with thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus will separate the two. He will separate the sheep to his right, as it says in Matthew 25. And he will put the goats to his left. And as I mentioned earlier, and also as the word of God declared, you will either be for me or you will be against me. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. You will either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. If you're in the middle, you're actually in a worse place than you are. So choose one. Be honest with yourself today. Where do I stand? Am I on the side of the criminal who is insulting or hurling insults at God? Or am I on the position on the side, on his right? 
I realize I am a criminal. I realize that I am a sinner. And that He is the only one that can change us and transform us and save us. Amen. And amen. amen. I pray that you would choose today that you will see the truth. God is speaking to you. He wants your heart. He desires your heart. But you need to have a willing heart, an obedient heart, a wanting heart. He will not force himself onto you, for that is not love. He gives you the free choice to choose him and to invite him in. He cannot force himself in into your life. But he is here right now speaking to you. He is asking you to invite me in. Allow me in into your life. Allow me to transform you and to change you and to touch your life. I want to close with this passage, Matthew 7, 21 to 29. It says, True and false disciples, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only what? The one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Not just listeners, but doers. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name? In your name, drive out demons. In your name, perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice like a wise man who built his house on the rock, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Amen and amen. amen. Many of us, we've gone to a point where we listen, we built the house, but again, it's not on a solid foundation on the rock of Christ. To be on the solid foundation on the rock of Christ, you need to do what he has called you to do. He says, everyone who hears of these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. So I want to encourage you as we end this year of 2023, I want to encourage you to serve the Lord. Serve the Lord in your action, in your life. Don't become spiritually obese. Don't become spiritually lazy. Don't let pride creep in, but humble yourself. And turn to the Lord as Samuel declared, as he said, speak for your servant is listening. So right now, as the praise team is here, and as we sing the song in the background, I want to just invite you to this time of prayer. And I want us to listen to his voice and speak to him. May we speak to him and also listen to his voice. And may we turn to him with obedience, telling him, Lord, I will follow you and I will do what you have called me to do. 
and I will follow you wholeheartedly. Lord, I will be and I want to be your instrument, your voice, your hands, and your feet. Lead me, Lord. Lead me to a place where you need me to be. Can we just come together and can we just pray together? Heavenly Father, we love you. Teach me your ways, Lord. Pray, God. And I will walk in your truth. Speak to me, Lord. Show me your paths, Lord. For I am devoted to you. Teach me your ways, Lord, and I will in your truth. I'm being able to see the right thing, God, you have in store for us. Show me your paths, Lord, every minute, every hour, wanting our attention. So that, God, we can turn from our distractions. Oh Lord, may we remember and be childlike before you as Samuel was once a boy in the origin of how he started, Lord, like David. It displayed a humility that is like childlike. And Lord, and they were willing and all they wanted. They were not corrupted by the things of this world, but all they wanted to do was to do the will that you have called them to do. A willing heart, oh God. A heart that is not divided. A heart that desires to serve you with all humility and with true obedience. Lord God, help us to turn back. Lord, forgive us, Lord, for being lukewarm. For getting, putting ourselves in a position of spiritual Lord God, we think that we have made it and we have done just enough and no more. Lord, help us not just to be listeners, to be mere listeners of your words, but to be doers of your word. I pray, God, you would transform us. I pray that you would transform each and every single one of the members of your heart. Just as you have transformed my life, where I once lived in my where I live in my pride, where I live in obedience to the things of this world. Bring me to a place of true obedience. All I desire is you. I need you. I love you. I need you. If you're not here with us, we cannot make it. We will die in this death. Teach me your Teach me your ways, oh Lord, and I will walk in your truth.
Lord. Show me your dance, oh Lord. I refuse to be in the middle of this. For I am devoted to you. I refuse to be in this middle ground. Purify my heart's desire. May I be hot for you. I long to be your servant. Help me to choose one or the other. Help me to love one of this my life. heart's desire. Help me to serve you in your life. I long to be a willing your heart. servant. Obedient heart. A pure heart. I desire. Give me an undivided heart that I may feel your name.
not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So Lord, we declare as Samuel declared, we declare as Moses declared, we declare as David declared, speak Lord, for your servant is listening. I desire to do the work that you have called me on this earth to do. This one life, one chance that I have, I desire to please you and to follow you wholeheartedly. I love you, Lord. You are the greatest thing, the greatest love of our life that has ever happened to us. You are the beginning, the middle, and the end. And we thank you for this relationship. We thank you for the hope that we have that is found in Jesus Christ. I pray that, Lord, you bestow your grace upon each and every single one of the members here, for those who are listening. And may they have a pure and priceless, a willing heart to serve you. For that is the greatest gift that we can have as a follower of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We love you. We pray all these things. In your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. All of God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. All right. Let's go to our final and closing song. We'll sing it one last time. And then we'll do our benediction as well. Let's sing together. The path of life. The, the path of life in Jesus is the only path I know. I will run to Him with my broken heart. There's power in the name of Jesus, He's my righteousness. His name is the way, the truth, and all life. His path is the only path that I'll take. The service.
May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord shine His face upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And now, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will, and may continue to work within us what is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be all the glory and all the honor forever and ever. And as God's people, we pray, amen, amen. and amen. amen. All right, God bless you. I love you. I will see you all in the back. God bless you.